0: On today's episode of the Locked On, Louisville podcast, we will be discussing Tyler Hudson, Jawar Jordan, and Brock Doman. With that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On, Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On, the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. also do some PA and work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On, the Louisville Podcast, is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team, every day. We'll be discussing three individual players on today's episode of the show Uh, The first two segments we'll be talking about uh, players that aren't being talked about enough. Uh, Tyler Hudson in the first segment will talk about why he's not being discussed enough on the national scale. And then in the second segment, we'll be discussing running back Jawar Jordan not being talked about enough by the fan base. Uh, And um, in the final segment, we will... Um, analyze the quarterback uh, position for 2022, uh, specifically speaking on Brock Doman winning the backup quarterback position. So, um, so let's get right on into it. Um, Tyler Hudson, the wide receiver transfer from Central Arkansas. I've said on this show time and time again look, I think that he is going to be a flat out star. He's not being talked about enough on the national scale. Yes, look, I get it. Um, you know from a local standpoint within the fan base a lot of fans are are pretty familiar with the name Tyler Hudson they understand look he's going to make a solid impact for this year's team may lead the team in receiving but let me just offer this a, as my opinion i think that Tyler Hudson is the best kept secret In the ACC this fall. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, obviously people know who Tyler Hudson is, so um, you can't take this from a literal standpoint. I'm not saying as, oh, people don't even know who Tyler Hudson is. Look, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is the fact that he is going to take this conference by storm. Now, when you say that you, you really put yourself in a vulnerable position to uh, be ridiculed and to be criticized, which I mean that that's kind of the case with every hot take, you know, obviously if you're going out on a limb and saying something that um, not necessarily is far fetched, but it's not necessarily a a lock to come true. I I think you're putting yourself in a position to where, um, you know, you're, Putting yourself in that position to be scrutinized, to be criticized, whatever, you may ha- whatever you may um, be able to to put out there. Uh, so, but what I mean by that, and what what I'm trying to get at, is what, what what I'm alluding to is that saying that Tyler Hudson is the best kept secret in the ACC. Obviously, you could be very right or very wrong, even if he has a a decent season where he's got like six or 700 receiving yards and a couple touchdowns to his name. Still, that doesn't kind of, um, you know, warrant the whole best kept secret in the ACC tag. But I I truly do believe that um, his skill set, the opportunity, there is a lot of things that lead me to You'll claim that Tyler Hudson is going to be that guy. Uh, Number one is the open opportunity, obviously, with the University of Lowell's wide receiving committee. There's a lot of uh, moving pieces from last year to this year. Um, Not only that, but there's not a lot of returning guys, Uh, some younger players. Right now, I think that there's eight guys on scholarship, Um, three of them. Are coming back from last year's team, and one of those guys, and well, actually four, because uh, Jalen Carter has put on scholarship as well. Um, four of those guys were on scholarship last year. The numbers aren't that high anyway in terms of guys returning and guys coming in. Eight scholarship players is kind of low for the wide receiving position. But on top of that, Braden Smith is coming off of a, of a year to where you know he went down. I think what was it the fourth game of the season with, with that injury against Florida State. But regardless, it seems like the talk in, in the fall campus that Braden Smith is, um he's seemingly back to full health and even maybe better than he was last season, which, which is incredible to hear uh, in good news for the Louisville fan base. And yes, you have guys that are in, in spots to make some big-time impacts because you have um, you know, you have Braden Smith, you have Amari Huggins-Bruce, who's primed to be a, a star in year two. Uh, Josh Johnson is a reliable target. Um, you have um, D. Wiggins, the Miami transfer, who a lot of people are talking good things about. But And then you have two freshmen in Chris Bell and Chance Morrow, who could also see some uh, significant snaps this season. Not to mention... Hey, you have a an offense that is really, you know, predicated on the run. You have a solid amount of running backs. Those guys can catch passes out of the backfield. Marshawn Ford, in my opinion, uh, the best tight end in the ACC is, um, you know, he's back. So, And then you have a, a dual-threat quarterback who really makes things happen on, on the ground with his legs. So the question is, you know, what constitutes, um, you know, w- w- what constitutes a— uh, best kept secret in the ACC type season. I mean, what what warrants that? At what point statistically does he get to to where you're like, okay, that makes sense. That you're on you're to something here, Dalton. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna say he has to be a 1,000 yard receiver because in Louisville's offense, you know, context wise, who knows what that looks like? But I wouldn't necessarily rule it out. Um but people don't look at context when 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 they you know make these um, assumptions. When you look at you know, you look at Tyler Harrell's season last year, the uh, guy who transferred to Alabama, you know he only had 500 receiving yards. But when you look at you know his targets, his yards per reception, um, you know the amount of times you know <clears throat> or the amount that you know Louisville ran the football. Hey, look. It was impressive to get 500 yards. So am I saying that Tyler Hudson's going to cross over that 1,000-yard threshold? I, I'm not saying that. Is it possible? Yeah, of course it is. Would it surprise me if he does? No, because Tyler Hudson is a very, very uh, premier talent, and that's something that that I want to you know transition into. We talked about the opportunity. The opportunities are there because there are so much uh, – there's so much uh, workload to go around in that wide receiving committee. And right now, I think, you know, there's probably three to four guys that you can truly trust in this group um, heading into uh, that first game against Syracuse here on Saturday. Um, but Tyler Hudson, look, he's got the talent. He's the guy that not a lot of people are talking about um, in this um <clears throat> Not a lot of people, are, or not a lot of people are talking about in the conference and on the national scale. Um, for Central Arkansas, for Central Arkansas, he was named uh, the freshman of the year back in 2019. A freshman All-American as well uh, was a 2020 preseason All-Conference second team. Um, was named the SLC Offensive Player of the Year in 2020. Uh, first team all slc as a wide receiver and punt returner in an all american last season as well so he's racked up the individual accolades last season um for the central arkansas uh, bears he had 62 receptions for 1229 yards um so that's something to focus on there um it is just that you know he has that uh you know he has that um that ability to really affect the game in, in a lot of different ways reminds me a lot of Des Fitzpatrick and what I mean by that when you put them side by side Hudson has you know similar size uh, might not necessarily have as much strength as uh, Des Fitzpatrick you know both of them are in the six two area I want to think Dez was in like the 225 mark, um, but I could be completely wrong. Hudson listed as 197 pounds, 62 receptions, 1,229 yards, eight touchdowns last year for Tyler Hudson, 19.8 yards per reception. Um, and, you know, when, when you bring in these – um when when you bring in these uh transfers especially maybe from the FCS ranks or maybe a non power 5 transfer that doesn't necessarily play the competition that you do yeah i mean you 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 have the uh right to question um you know how good they're going to be at the power 5 level especially for Louisville um seemingly all of the talk out of fall camp is that they have been uh really raving about what he's been able to do he's been a Tough matchup for the opposing defensive backs, and Louisville has a very solid uh, group of cornerbacks and safeties. So I, I think that that definitely holds some merit. I was talking to someone um, in the know, and you know they were saying, "Hey, look, Tyler Hudson is going to have um, a fantastic season." Um, uh, he 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 had a quote that I actually wrote down. He texted to me. He said. I don't necessarily feel comfortable putting a high draft grade on Tyler Hudson yet because I don't necessarily think that that's fair. He could have a solid season and still get drafted a little lower because that's how things go in the NFL draft. But would it surprise me if he heard his name in the first three to four rounds? No, it would not. So I think that that's pretty neat, the fact that we are hearing uh, some very solid things, and you're going up against a solid secondary here at Louisville in practice and in the offseason and fall camp, um, it's about building that camaraderie and um, chemistry with quarterback Malik Cunningham. So that that's huge to have. And I think that um, you know he's going to be a guy that could be kind of a safety blanket here. For um, Malik Cunningham has sort of deceptive speed, does a good job of high pointing the football, a solid, solid route runner with good footwork. I think route running may be my favorite thing about his game, and there's a lot of things to love about his game. There's not one thing that he does that's extremely better than his other qualities, but he does pretty much everything, you know, very solid. And that's how um, former wide receiver coach Gunter Brewer um described Des Fitzpatrick ahead of the 2020 season. So um, that's something to look forward to, and I'm very, very excited to see what Tyler Hudson can do in this offense. In my opinion, he is the best-kept secret in the ACC. Um, so, But transitioning over into d- discussing a player that isn't necessarily talked about enough by this fan base, that is former Syracuse transfer, running back Jawar Jordan. We are going to discuss um, why I believe that here in just a second as we talk about a message from our friends over at NHTSA. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You're, you not only put yourself in danger, but everyone else around you as well. Talk about being a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high or get a DUI. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week. Your team every day. We're going to discuss on the next episode released um, at some point today on Monday, August 29th, for those who um, need a reminder on what the date is, Jawar Jordan re- um, was named the backup running back. Um, or actually, he was backup running back was like Jawar Jordan or Jalen Mitchell or Travion Cooley, all three of those guys behind um, Tennessee transfer Tyon Evans. Jawar Jordan um, is the player that not a lot of people are talking about within this fan base, and some are, but not enough uh, nearly. Uh, Jordan last season didn't necessarily um, have that big of a year, uh, was a factor on special teams, had the uh, kick return for the touchdown against Air Force in the bowl game, Um, rushed for under 100 yards, had 14 carries on 94. uh, I'm sorry, had 14 carries that resulted in 94 yards. Um, The longest rush was a... Ah, twenty-one yard rush had one reception for twenty-four yards, no touchdowns, six point seven yards per carry. Came into the program um, before fall camp, right in early August, so didn't necessarily get a ton of time to get uh, uh, acclimated with the playbook, acclimated with the rest of the offense and the um, the roster as a whole. And, and not to mention, you know, you had Travion Cooley, Jalen Mitchell, Hassan Hall, Maurice Berkeley. All um, competing for touches as well, and that's going to be the case this year. So, what I mean when I say that he's not being talked about enough by Louisville fans, I'm not going to say he's coming. He's going to come out and have a 1,000 yard rushing season because it would probably surprise me if any Louisville running back had um, had had uh, things of that nature. So, um, so really, the focus here, in my opinion, is hey, let's let's call a spade a spade. And that's the fact that Jawar Jordan has a skill set that really isn't like any of the other guys in the position. Um, I think that um, the key here for the Cardinals, w- when you focus on the running back position as a whole, is that there's a lot of, I'm not going to say the same type of running back because they all have their different strengths, but Tyon Evans, Jalen Mitchell, Uh, uh, And and Travion Cooley, a lot of their, you know, premier, um, you know, attribute is kind of based upon that strength, mainly Jalen Mitchell, but Travion Cooley has that strength. Um, Tyon Evans, even though he's kind of a smaller running back, has that strength as well. But Jawar Jordan is kind of the only true quote-unquote speed back for this um, Louisville running backs committee. Um, I think that all four have uh, upside as uh, receivers coming out of the backfield, so I'm not going to say that he's the only uh, receiving threat um, in, in the committee, but I think that Joar Jordan has that uh, ability to be that change of pace back, and I think that that offers the opportunity to really offer some nice contrast. Um, as opposed to Tyon Evans, uh, Mitchell, and Cooling. And that's no disrespect to any of these other guys, right? I mean, I think that um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it's really all about um, you know who is the hot hand, you know who you know, poses the best matchup against a respective opponent. So I, I'm not saying that Juar Jordan's going to get uh 25 yards per carry or 25 yards per carry, 25 carries per game, or he's going to be the guy that gets the most touches. Heck, he may even get the least amount of touches of the four running backs when it comes to handoffs, but I think that he's going to offer a huge um, you know, possibility in the third down game, you know, as a change of pace back. And, and when I say that he's not being talked about enough by the fan base, look, I'm not saying that I think that the fan base is not giving him his credit in a sense that he's going to have some big numbers. I'm saying that there's going to be times this season where I think that Jawar Jordan is going to make some big-time plays that could go a long way in helping Louisville win a respective game. Um, I think that you know maybe in third and long situations is where he gets his number called, uh, third and short situations. Third down is where I think we're going to see Jawar Jordan the most, in my opinion, Um, You could also see him in the return game as well and that's something to focus on. I'm not necessarily sure. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the depth chart in in terms of where he's at as a kick returner or a punt returner, but I think that at the end of the day this is an instance to where, look, there's always a couple players that don't get talked about enough and by. You know, default. I mean, you can't talk about every player in the length, and not every single player can be a possible breakout candidate because then that term becomes a little watered down. You start to take away the significance of that, right? So, um, but Joar Jordan is one of those guys to where I've even kind of not been talking about him enough, but it seems like he's done really well in fall camp. The same person that says some good things about Tyler Hudson um, had a lot of good things to say about the offensive line had a lot of good things to say about the secondary. Jawar Jordan was was one of the players in the running back committee that looked very, very solid. Um, it's going to be a, just a matter of who's the hot hand, um, what, um, what running back poses the best matchup for um, other uh, opponents and things of that nature. So same thing with Tyler Hudson here. I think that you have to... Understand that context matters and there's a lot of mouths to feed in this little offense in terms of the skill positions and not only that you have a quarterback in Malik Cunningham who does a great job of creating his own offense on the ground in terms of scrambling and getting out of the pocket uh, with his legs so yeah I mean I think that on this episode my my intention isn't to create um, unrealistic expectations it's more so to Tell you all, hey, look, these guys are going to have some big time plays. They're going to be guys that we're going to rely upon at, at some points this season. I think Tyler Hudson has, you know, maybe the a little bit more upside because of the opportunity um at hand. But hey, Jawar Jordan's a guy that you cannot overlook in this running back committee. I think that you know that change of pace possibility for Scott Satterfield. Uh, in the running back department is is something that they're going to look to utilize a little bit more. Um, Lance Taylor's been a guy that has coached players that have, you know, been in that mold, you know, Christian McCaffrey is a guy. Yeah. He's a dynamic runner, but he's also a fantastic receiver as well. So, you know, having that, um, you know, contrast and skill set is something big to focus on. So um, with the final segment, we'll talk about Brock Doman winning the backup quarterback battle. Um, I do want to point out um, for the viewers out there, I know that the background isn't aesthetically pleasing. It's a little bit better than the plain all-white background, but I have purchased a green screen from Amazon, um, so I'm very, very excited to share that news with you, the fact that there will be a different background. Um, Coming up uh, here shortly, so that's uh, I, I'm not sure exactly when it's going to be delivered So um, be patient with me there, but very very excited um, to be able to share that news with you and tell you that the days of having a predominantly um, you know white um, a Predominantly white background in terms of the wallpaper and no memorabilia those days are pretty much over so uh, very very excited to I'll share that news but um Brock Doman and I do apologize if I'm saying his name wrong I've heard it pronounced Brock Doman I think it's Brock Doman um, if I'm wrong on that uh, please forgive my ignorance but he won the um he won the backup quarterback battle over Evan Conley, over uh Caleb Johnson um, Doman last season uh didn't necessarily have any um he didn't have any I don't think he made a completed pass. See, last year he had one or two carries for five yards against Duke in that game on that Thursday game in which Louisville won in, in lopsided fashion. The junior from Colorado Springs, Calif- or Colorado, not California, um, transfer from the JUCO area, 6'2", 228 pounds. A lot of people, when he came here, it was like, oh, they just added another body to the, um, to the quarterback room. I was told – At that point, no. Like, they really do believe in his tools. They believe in his skill set. They think that he has a solid arm and that he has a lot of upside at the Power 5 level. Now, obviously, that may be, um, you know, your standard, um, you know, cliche talk where, hey, look, yeah, they brought in a guy that they believe in, obviously, duh. But, no, it seems like there was some actual traction that, you know, he could be a guy competing for that backup quarterback position, and he has, and he won that battle. Um, Evan Conley last season, um, I know that he's been battling injury, I think, with his shoulder. I'm not necessarily sure if that's something that's still lingering for him, but um, Doman winning that quarterback battle really doesn't surprise me. I think that Caleb Johnson is probably a Red Shark candidate. He's looked good in the in fall camp, so um, who knows? He could be a guy that might see some uh, see some snaps in games if Louisville is involved in blowouts. So, you know, with the rule that you can play four games before redshirting. So that's interesting. Um, But, yeah, it doesn't really surprise me here that Doman won the quarterback battle. Um, People are thinking, oh, well, does it really matter who wins the backup quarterback position? Yes, yes, it does. There's been many, um, you know, documented... Ah, uh, instances over the past couple seasons. So, uh, 2019, for example, Evan Conley had to come in and play that backup quarterback role when Malik Cunningham went out and Jawan Pass was dealing with injury. And, um, you know, he went into some games and he won some games. I mean, the Wake Forest game, for example, down in Winston-Salem in 2019, that shootout with the Demon Deacons. Yeah, that was a key um, battle in which Evan Conley, a backup quarterback, came in and played some big-time snaps. Uh, 2021, we saw it when Malik Cunningham went down against Clemson. And that was an instance to where, hey, look, if Malik Cunningham plays that whole game, there's a good rationale to say that Louisville was probably going to win that game. They were controlling the game on offense. The Tigers simply had no answer for Malik Cunningham. And then Evan Conley came in and just wasn't able to do much on the offensive side of the ball. So the backup quarterback position, sure, it might not necessarily every single game be a big deal. But all it takes is for one injury, and Malik Cunningham, I'm not saying that he's injury-prone because over the past two seasons, he's done a good job of you know, avoiding hits, uh, throwing the ball away when he needs to, uh, getting out of bounds, scrambling out of bounds. But there's always an instance to where, hey, look, One game, I mean, yeah, one game. Yeah, there's a big difference between six and six and seven and five. There's a big difference between seven and five and eight and four. Yo, your quarterback going down can cost you one, if not multiple, one of those games. Lord forbid, knock on wood. Malik Cunningham goes through an injury because he is such a focal point of this offense that hey, look, the backup quarterback position matters and that's not to say that Evan Conley or Caleb Johnson can't fill that role as well, but Doman winning the backup quarterback uh, battle here, um, it, it is significant news, and it's news that we need to talk about. Sure, it might not necessarily be the uh, most notable news, and um, it does offer a little bit of, not necessarily concern, but maybe maybe um, you know, intrigue, would be the best word because Doman has yet to complete a pass, but that would kind of fit along with the narrative that this, this coaching staff does believe in that upside and they believe in his potential. It's just a matter of helping him with the playbook, helping him to um, start to read uh, power five college defenses and, and working on building up that confidence because it seems like this coaching staff really believes um, in his talent. So um, yeah, we talked about Tyler Hudson, Jawar Jordan, and Brock Doman. Um, there will be two episodes on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday as we conclude the month heading in into uh, the first official um, game for the Louisville Cardinals. We'll talk about the depth chart and that opening matchup against Syracuse along with the Monday mailbag on the next episode of the show. But that's going to wrap up this first Monday edition. Everyone have a great day. Have a great start to your week. We'll see you right back here very shortly.